Hello, and welcome to 37th and the World, the official podcast of the Georgetown Journal of International Affairs. Gajia is a student-run flagship publication of Georgetown University's School of Foreign Service. On 37th and the World, we dive into key global trends and speak directly with the experts working on the issues in areas ranging from conflict and security, human rights and development, science and technology, society and culture, business and economics, and global governance. Since 2019, Kenyans from the Kipsikis and Talai people have sought reparative compensation for their evictions enforced by the British military in favor of white settler-owned tea plantations across decades of colonial rule. In 2021, Fabian Salvioli, the UN Special Repertoire on the Promotion of Truth, Justice, Reparations, and Guarantees of Non-Recurrence, issued three reports to back Kipsigis and Talai demands to rectify their historical claims of land dispossession during the colonial era. In an interview with Mr. Salvioli, Gigia contextualizes this reparative controversy within broader questions of UN-backed transitional justice and the legacies of colonialism. In your own words, how would you describe your role and responsibilities as UN Special Repertoire on the promotion of truth, justice, reparation, and guarantees of non-recurrence at the UN Human Rights Council? Well, you know, um, transitional justice processes and human rights were, um, were not exactly in the same place during the past. I guess my, my main challenge is to focus all transitional justice processes inside the international human rights uh, framework. And, um, and, and that is my, my, my main purpose uh, since I am the special rapporteur. Uh, if you see my uh, reports, uh, all are focusing international duties and uh, to try to convince uh, all stakeholders that when we talk about um, truth, justice, reparations, warranties of non-recurrences and memorialization processes, we are talking about international duties and not uh, political willingness uh, of a state. It's a little bit difficult because it's a challenge also for the traditional doctrine of uh, transitional justice, but uh, I guess it's, uh, it's the right way, especially for victim rights. What is the story behind the reports you submitted to the UN General Assembly, specifically um, uh, report A76180 and communication GBR uh, 5 2021 and to the government of Kenya, um, Ken 3 2021, arguing that the UK government must provide a reparative response to the demands of Kipsigis and Talai members who survived British enforced evictions from their lands? Well, the, 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 the history behind the scene is uh, impunity. Impunity, no reparation, lack of justice, and lack of truth in general in um, many processes, many, many processes of uh, decolonization and, uh, and transitional justice. So uh, my report, was written um, from the idea that uh, transitional justice 
could give some interesting tools for um, those governments to try in an honest way to deal with the past and um, the legacy of the colonialism in general is uh, is not addressing the issue uh, in a proper way. So I I I participated in um, one month ago in in, in the uh, Belgium Parliament and the Belgian parliament is discussing how deal with the past. And if you, if you don't deal with the past in a proper manner, the past is always present. Um, and for those communications, you, you mentioned uh, the communications I sent to the um, British government and to the Kenyan government, uh, well, you know, the, the usual procedure is uh, we receive uh, complaints, uh, we receive concerns uh, of uh, victims or groups of victims. And, and uh, if those concerns are inside the framework of the mandate, I prepare a communication uh, for the government concerned and I send it. So, so but three documents uh, have the same root, the lack of justice for um, people who suffered the colonialism in, uh, in, in their body. In 2013 and 2019, there are two notable litigation cases surrounding compensation for the torture of Kikuyus during the Mau Mau uprising by British and Kenyan colonial forces. The for, while the former case resulted in a successful settlement of around 20 million pounds, um, the latter failed due to a procedural time limitation, arguing that the events took too far long ago for the Crown to collect enough evidence as a defense. What influence, if any, have these cases had on the decision to invoke, I mean, to involve the United Nations in seeking justice for Kenyans under British colonization? Was there any precedent for the United Nations taking these claims against the United Kingdom or any other European country for actions committed during colonization? It is difficult to have an answer on which influence uh, could provoke, uh, but but any anyway, of course, there are interesting precedents in in one way or in another in in, in another way, but but um, in any anyway, the, the the mandate should act in with or without this uh, this precedents. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's in general, I sent communications to, to other countries, to, to, to the US and to Canada uh, and, um, and uh, to Japan because they come for women and, and, uh, and, uh, and to South Korea. Well, ma many, many countries, but, but um, if, we see Europe, the Europe continent, the Europe society should decide if they want to be the Europe of human rights or the Europe of uh, colonialism. 
So you can't be both at the same time. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the current discrimination has clear contact with the discrimination in, in the past. So it's not a problem of the past, it's a problem of the present. And the mandate should help victims. And victims were absent in the majority of these processes. And uh, as you know, the participation of the victims from the design until the um, implementation of the um, of the transitional justice processes is fundamental. If not, you fail. I guess this issue will be in the international agenda in the in the in the near future. That that is that is clear. That is clear because uh, you see different reactions from different sides and the civil society is presenting claims and, and, and acting. So different mandate holders are, are working in, on this issue, different areas of uh, the United Nations. But for me, it was very interesting uh, have meetings um, uh, last year with the representatives of these two peoples in Kenya and, 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 and their lawyers. And, and, and I guess it is on the, it is on the table. Um, even in, um, in other countries like, like Niger, you, you see uh, um, they are producing some films like African Apocalypse. So, so is on the table. You see, you see the, the problem of the um, um, residences in Canada for the indigenous peoples. And so, so, and now we are discovering graves and, 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 and you know, ho horrible, horrible things. So the past is always present if you don't address in a proper manner. And, uh, and I guess my, my report is, is uh, it's a tool, it's, it's, it's a tool. So for seeking the truth, for establishing a good program of reparations for the victim participation and uh, for the memorialization process. What do you think that other groups seeking redress for colonization could learn from these experiences of the Kipsikis and Talai indigenous peoples? For good and for the bad, we are connected. We are we are we are connected. So it's it's a lesson learned, and uh, and um, uh, I I guess the non governmental organizations and civil society and and lawyers uh, that uh, are specialized in the, in in, uh, in international human rights law are advocating more and more and more, and I guess. Uh, they will use not, not just special procedures, but uh, perhaps they can use also treaty bodies and 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 try to try to uh, present individual communications uh, on in different uh, treaty bodies or committees because um, that's my personal opinion. Um, 
the lack of justice is a new, new violation of human rights. It's a new inhuman and degrading treatment. And uh, perhaps for one strategic litigation in uh, regional human rights bodies and international human rights bodies could be another way to, to seek justice. All right, would you have any concluding thoughts before we end? My feelings are with the victims. When, when, you, when, you, when you talk with the, with the victims that suffered or, or you know, the, 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 the sons or the grandsons or, or of the victims, you feel the suffering. You feel the suffering. So that you, you discover that it's not a problem of, of, of the past. So I do my best for help those victims. And, and, and that, is, that is the purpose of, of, of the mandate. Even if it's not um, um, nice for Western governments, because um, transitional justice is not just for undeveloped countries. So trans transitional justice could be could be a tool for for any for any any situation, and it's clear that uh, we have a, um, massive violations of, of human rights, continuous violations of human rights and international humanitarian law in some, in, some, in some cases, impunity, lack of justice, um, and no redress, perhaps a little bit in some cases, apologies, but, but in a very modest way. So, um, I guess uh, we are making uh, making something make, making something for those those people and I will be happy if I am just a tool for that because that that's that's the way for any human rights uh, body This was 37th and the World. Thank you to Fabian Salvioli. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a comment and rating whichever streaming platform you use. To read this interview and other insightful interviews and articles, please check out gia.georgetown.edu. Thank you for listening and see you next time.